Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, ladies. The battery is running out on that thing. That camera is quite good at uh, warning me when I've used up my my time. That would actually be. Well, actually, it doesn't know. You can keep it on, just the way it is. So, let me just see what's going on here. So, just a quick introduction to this microphone. Okay. It uh, works like that. Okay. And not like that. Oh, okay. So, these ones pick up everything this way, that way. And that then there's microphones that are like that. So, these are normally studio microphones that are... Standing in a... Okay. But I didn't have space in my luggage for that. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised you had... So, that's better? Yeah. So now, would you like a happy birthday balloon <laughs> over your head? <laughs> Do I have one over my head? No, no, I don't think so. In the so that little camera is recording us. Okay. But don't worry about that. Um, introducing Carolyn, who is a specialized microbiologist <laughs> of Japan, <laughs> specializing <laughs> in weird species oh. and creatures there. Oh, yes, very much so. I have all of that <laughs> knowledge in my head. <laughs> What are you? What is your title at the moment? My title here is wellness coach. Okay, because so. um, I'm not. Uh, so I was thinking because I spoke to Dr. Catali and Dr. Seth. It's so weird to call them doctors because I know them as Seth and Catali. But right. um, you went through quite a big uh, um, health change. I did. And they say that's quite a cool story. So I was thinking we can maybe chat about that. Yeah. So basically, what does unhealthy right. <laughs> entail um, for Carolyn and yeah. what does healthy mean and how did you go from the one to the other and why? Because okay. obviously, if you were happy with the one, then you would have stayed like that. Right. So it was quite by accident, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in 2008, um, my husband came home and announced that he was being transferred to Hong Kong for his job. At the time, we were living in Connecticut. We're originally Texans, so we're from the South. Okay. Connecticut was a huge adjustment for me. So mm. the adjustment to Hong Kong was 
huge, obviously. Um, but at that point, my husband and I were both almost exactly 30, 35 pounds heavier than we are now. Okay. Could you remember like the total weight? Uh, yes. Well, I weigh about 115 to 118 now. So I was up there at 145. 145. And, and, and I'm about 5'5". Five, 5'5". Five. Five so five. Yeah. So okay. that, was, that was not great at yeah. the time. And now how old I, were you? Um, so let's see. Ten, so I was about 44. Weighing, I'm 55 now. Okay. Yeah. Weighing 145, 5 foot 5. Mm -hmm. And did you feel amazing or you no, felt I did unhealthy? No, I did not feel amazing, but I didn't really know what I didn't know hmm. because um, I worked out. I didn't have a lot of energy. When I went to the doctor, my blood results were not great. You know, I, they weren't super horrible, but they weren't great. My husband had bad blood results but cholesterol is, okay. has you know just not really not feeling well lots of aches and pains at that point he worked all the time and he never worked out and all that so we were just cruising along standard americans um <laughs> eating the standard american <laughs> diet which is sad sad standard american diet ah. and again not knowing what we didn't know so i get on the airplane and the date of that day was 8808, August the 8th, 2008. Got on the airplane and I got very drunk. <laughs> oh, what did True you get drunk? Story. What did you drink? I drank champagne until I passed out because <laughs> it's a 17 and a half hour flight from uh, New York uh, to Hong Kong. Was it economy or first class? Or well, we class? were lucky enough with work that we always got to go back and forth business class. So there was this drunk lady in business class yeah. passed out. And you have a little pod <laughs> on those flights, you know, so you're in your own little pod with your own little TV and it reclines to a complete bed. It's really very fancy and yeah. they, the food is amazing. You can order whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really quite amazing. But I walk past it every time I climb to a plane that looks very good <laughs> yeah i was very that was very spoiled very spoiled but i had a son moving there with us who was beginning his freshman year of high school yeah and i'm moving to a foreign country i'm taking my dogs with me yeah was that a mission it wh was well it? they were part of our family it was just part of the deal and there was no right. you could take them into hong kong without any problem really but it was i got there and everything was different mm. you know just learning to first and not bald to get moved in then try to have my son figure out how to get from our house at that point we had a house to his school he we lived down on an island which was beautiful mm. but he took a fair he took a bus to the ferry to the school bus to get to school. Yeah. So that compared to... And how old to was he? Ninth grade. So that would have been 14. Yeah. He went to an international school there. So anyway, long story short, getting back to where the change happened. Mm. Part of the deal was just learning how to navigate the grocery store, the food for our family. Um, looks very different than in America. <laughs> Are you taller than most of the people down that side? Um, you know, in Hong Kong, there are people from all over the world. Okay. So 
at times I would get on the, the subway or whatever, and if we were going like to some remote soccer field or whatever, yeah. yes. Like okay. definitely my son and my husband could see straight over everybody's head. To the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was really miserable. I was really... My husband always jokes that he was afraid that first months that when he came home from work, I wouldn't be there, that I'd just jump on a plane and go back. It was, it was adjustment. Like, mm-hmm. So I went kicking and screaming. But I joined this newcomers group and with the American Women's Association, and I met eight of the most wonderful people from all over the world. They weren't just Americans, who themselves were expats. Some of them may have just moved there from another country or this was their first expat experience. And the women who had done this before, over time, taught me how to navigate the food system there. Because I could, there was a specialized American grocery store. It was a pain to get to. And legit, if I wanted a bag of Doritos or whatever, it would have been like 30 U.S. dollars. What? It was very expensive there to begin with, but imported specialty American food, ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Box of mac and cheese, Kraft mac and cheese, 20 U.S. I mean, just ridiculously Crazy. expensive. So over time, we just slowly started to get that those foods out of our diet. And we would fresh market shop. I would shop fresh fruits and vegetables, go to the fresh meat market, fresh fish market every other day or so. And we would just eat fresh, real food. Imagine that. Yeah. Fresh, real food. Non-packaged. Non-packaged, non-processed. And it was a slow process, but it started immediately. The three of us, um, more energy right away, and the weight started to come off. Our skin started to look much better. And we didn't, I didn't really think much about it. Yeah. Um, but every time we would come back to the States, our friends would say, wow, what are you doing? Like, you're, mm. this is what it's like. I mean, you're looking amazing. And again, we just never really thought about it. So when we, we ended up just dropping those 30, 35 pounds, Both of our medical doctors were very pleased with where we were with our health. So the last year I was there, I was thinking, this is amazing because every time I go back to the United States, people get bigger. Mm. Well, I'm walking in the airport or I'm back in my hometown and I go to grocery shopping there. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to just turn this back. There we go. I go grocery shopping. People were getting bigger. Yeah. Grocery carts were getting bigger. Grocery stores were getting bigger. Mm. Like this was when Walmart superstores and all these stuff just started coming on to the, that hadn't happened prior to me moving away. Yeah. So it sparked my, really sparked my curiosity that last year when I lived in Hong Kong, I started reading a lot of books about what had happened to us. Because this whole thought process of <sighs> eating real foods compared to these processed foods, it never occurred to me. I grew up on TV dinners and microwavable food. It never occurred to me that that wasn't a good thing for me. Yeah, but like if you talk about, let's say, the standard American diet, and let's say 
you were 44 just before you moved over. Mm-hmm. Like, what would your diet be, basically? What, what fast, do you eat? fast food. So, but what would you have for breakfast, for example? Oh, big old glass of orange juice, bagel with cream cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I was doing myself a favor by squeezing my own orange juice for a while, but I would literally drink like a ginormous... That was just sugar, mm. yogurt, sweetened yogurts I would have for breakfast. I would plop waffles in the toaster f- out of the freezer for my son. And then what do you put onto the waffle? He would cover it with powdered sugar and syrup. And then you're like ready for the day. <laughs> yeah, that was my brain food. He turned out really smart. I think Hong Kong saved him. Okay. Um, and then what would you have for like uh, between breakfast and lunchtime and then lunch? Well, lunch, a lot of bread. All right. A lot of bread. And what do you have with the bread? Bread with like processed meat products on it. Okay. <laughs> like like sandwich meat that I shouldn't be eating okay. with monosodium. I don't know pro- uh, so sandwich like meat. MSG in there and okay. not organic meat food groups with like ketchup and mustard and mayonnaise and cheese all over the place and chips with and a, a sandwich so- and, and a soda with and a, a sandwich and a coke no way yeah and then how big how many gallons uh, or not gallons uh, what do you call it ounces will that soda or coke be well i has been so long a can of coke i okay. did, I, I, was, I you know i switched to diet coke there for a while cause because it's healthy it's a healthier <laughs> option again it never even occurred to me and then what would you have for like dinner then you go home and you go oh, have a microwave hot dinner. microwave dinner when the boys were in sports oh yeah um i'm running errands tonight just pop in a microwave dinner right trying it's to think of like what those things were that sean lived on those no, no, I, so it's basically so like aeroplane food. You just pop it into the microwave and eat it. Right. Yeah. And then so you'll you have pizza and burgers and deep pizza, fried stuff. Pizza, burgers, lots of pasta. And which takeout places would you go to or pick up um, back then? I My favorite? Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. I loved a double cheeseburger from Burger King. Yeah, was it good? <laughs> from what I remember, <laughs> I loved it. But now the smell of it. was the last time you had it? I, I tell you what, the, su- the first summer that we'd started going through this change, I came back for the summer, mm. and I drove through one and had it, yeah. and I hadn't had it for nine months, I was immediately sick. No way. And the next couple days, I mean, diarrhea, sick. And I went to my doctor, I was so sick. Yeah. And he was like, you must have brought home something from Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I've never been sick a day in my life in Hong Kong. Yeah. And I've traveled to Thailand and Cambodia yeah. this year and all these wild places. And <laughs> I've never been sick a day. And every, I come back to the States and I get sick. And yeah. that happened to me every time I came back. My body, when it came back here, mm. I had to readjust to here. Cool. So... Yeah. And working out back then, let's say you like between the ages of 30 to 44, mm-hmm. like workout exercise. Oh, I'd go to, remember those old step classes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. So stuff like that. And I did yoga as well back then. And I'd get on the treadmill. But I would tell you that my weight would not budge. Yeah. Because I'm sure the food I was eating and my everything was probably out of balance. 
But when you give your body a chance with real food, it comes back into balance. Mm. So when we did move back, I went back to school. So I, I started doing a lot of smaller certifications in like food. Um, the T. Colin Campbell certification in plant-based diet, for example, was one of them. Um, I went to Hallelujah Acres, which is a Christian plant-based cancer treatment center. And okay. I got their certification. Um, and I ended up at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is the largest nutrition school in the world teaching health coaches how to work with food with people. And that's based out of New York City. And that's where I got my health coaching, functional health coaching certification. And what's the common mistakes that people make regarding nutrition? Because I'm sure we can't talk about nutrition and food even in an hour. No, yeah. <laughs> but like there are obviously some common mistakes. For example, like uh, my mom, who's a qualified dietitian back in South Africa, mm -hmm. she still like, she thinks that you're getting calcium through eating yogurt or drinking your milk. Is that... Well, common, there, well, there is. Is that possible? That is possible. Yes, but does that benefit outweigh the risk of having milk that comes from a cow that's full of antibiotics and genetically modified feed? In my book, it's not worth it. Yeah, I can get my calcium from my greens just as much as I can get them from milk and yogurt. Okay. But everybody's different. Mm. So that's the other thing. It's I think the common mistake is I think when we when I talk to patients in this office, they always say the same thing. I eat really good. <laughs> I eat really good. My, our, my family eats really good. And when you really press them to like do a food journal or take a picture of their refrigerator, the inside, yeah. or take a picture of their pantry and bring it to me, once you find out what they think is really good is not. And even on top of that, if you do the food sensitivity test, you might be sensitive to certain healthy exactly. foods. We had a vegetarian that was a patient here. She felt like and she was eating lots of cruciferous vegetables all the time. Yeah. Broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage all the time. Um, and when she did her food sensitivity test, she was food allergic to all cruciferous vegetables. No way. But broccoli, undeniably, is good for you. But it's not good for her right now, mm. right? Now, I took my food sensitivity test, and I'm not allergic to broccoli. But if I decide to eat broccoli every day yeah. for this year, broccoli's not good for me either. But what surprises came up for you with a food sensitivity test? Surprises that came up for me... Mushrooms was a surprise. Green beans was a surprise. Um, I did not have a gluten sensitivity, which, is which was a surprise to me. So it means you can eat gluten I and can, your body can process yeah, it. Yeah, I can process it. Okay. Um, I make a choice not to unless I know where that wheat is coming from because I worry about the other pesticides and things. But um, it was weird to me, like half... I, I knew for me it was a leaky gut situation because some of the things that showed up on my food test I had just eaten over the weekend. Well, what does leaky gut mean? Because since I've been here, I've heard that phrase a bit. Mm -hmm. And it's quite common to hear it. Yeah. What does that mean? So um, when you research the study papers, it 
They say about 80% of Americans most likely have a leaky gut situation and don't know it. Okay. What happens is from stem to stern, your digestive tract, um, as we have toxins in our air, preservatives and pesticides in our food, unfiltered water that we drink, our body's working very hard and overtime on trying to process this stuff that's really not good for it. In, in the meantime, what happens to your stomach, it's, you're, it's supposed to be all these little things are close together, right? Yeah. You develop these little holes. And what happens is when you eat, it doesn't completely digest into the proper amino acids and proteins that it should. When it properly digests, all those amino acids go through the walls of your digestive tract, go to where it's supposed to be to nourish your body. Yeah. When you have leaky gut, you end up with like proteins in your blood that shouldn't be there. In my case, I had proteins of mushrooms and green beans. So over time, my body attacks those proteins, causing inflammation. Mm. Inflammation in your body can travel around wherever it wants to go. Mm. For you, it might land in your gut and you might have irritable bowel syndrome. For me, it might land in my neck. Or my joints, and I have joint pain. Okay. Inflammation is showing up. Why am I having that inflammation? So irritable bowel syndrome, the solution <laughs> is not irritable bowel syndrome pills. <laughs> right. It's figuring out what causes it. Right, right, exactly. Because so I go into the shop, and um, I never knew about, we call it IBS. Um, mm -hmm. And... So I met my wife and she's like, I've got irritable bowel syndrome. I can't eat these things. And I never knew what that was. And then I saw, but in the, the pharmacy, there's all these different variety of medication that you can take for that. Which will make her feel better. It will cover up her symptoms yeah. of irritable bowel. The goal of this office and for the doctors here and is to look at the person and why did she, why are we having irritable bowel? What's going on? Yeah. So the easiest place to start, which was, you know, what ultimately was my story, was what I put in my own mouth. Mm. And by changing that, I changed. And how much does that taste cost, the, the food sensitivity the taste? The food sensitivity? A good one that's actually accurate. Uh, well, we love the, the ones that we use here. We use Immunolabs and Alcat here. Okay. Um, and I don't... Uh, Charge for those, but hey, lady in the background, what's, what's our immuno run? Like 350 US dollars. For a test. For a test. But that's one, that's 110 foods. Okay. And it's very accurate. It's a blood test. It's not a. You hear some people want to cut a piece of your hair off and send it off and test it. Yeah. Or, they want to maybe have Swab you put your arm out and say, am I allergic to broccoli? And then they'll push your arm down. <laughs> That's like voodoo. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> we only uh, use real blood in this office. Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> I do like that dish. Like, let's just wave a bit of broccoli around. Yeah. How does that make you <laughs> Are feel? Are you sweating? <laughs> With skin brush coming out. <laughs> And, um, and then from there, you can basically plan your diet. Right, yes. And the goal would be that these diets that you're... S Did you take the food sensitivity test? Not yet. So I'm, I'm taking that before I leave. Good. Okay. So the goal is that this is a temporary situation. So yeah. 
what we would do is we would take all of your red, we call them red foods, the ones that come back sensitive. And we've had people come back with two, and we've had people come back with 52, mm. right? So you never know. So don't be nervous. Because, for example, I realized that, um, so last year I spoke to Dr. Seth, and I'm like, dude, what should I be eating for breakfast, for lunch, for a snack, for this, for that? So like for anything and everything. So he told me about trying to get more spinach in, but I've realized that I've my my cheeks swell up with spinach. Oh, so uh, yours will be interesting to see how. So it, it will be out. interesting. So like I figured out slowly that. So the problem with my vegetables are I just throw a bunch into a bowl. So when I don't feel good, I can't pinpoint which one because right. there's like seven different types. And okay. so I've also realized my body doesn't like seven different types of veg at a serving. Together. Rather have three that you focus on. And then also the glucose-based veg versus this type. Right. So it's uh, like playing around. But I've always thought like, can't I just take a test and the test can tell me. It will be so yeah, much easier. And we want your wife to take it too. Mm. So we have to figure out if we can ship a test to her and have her blood drawn down there. So she will be highly disappointed if crackers and camembert and <laughs> fig jam <laughs> comes up on that. Ah. Yeah, cashew nuts and pistachio. She likes uh, her finger foods. So we're focusing on me. Okay, and I think once the... Um, once all the changes start happening, I'm I'm sure she's gonna come. I'm We're gonna stoned. just keep okay, this keep one here. Okay, yeah, that. Okay. Um, okay. So, cool. so, so for you, so yeah. we're gonna get rid of all those red foods. We're gonna give your body a break. Yeah. Your body needs a break off those foods to heal, to get that inflammation down. Keep you on an anti-inflammatory diet. Depending on what the doctors say, do some work on your gut. Adding things like aloe vera juice or maybe some good probiotics, depending yeah. on what they say. Um, and the goal would ultimately be after eight, ten months, a year, we would prefer a year, of you laying off those foods that one by one, in moderation, add it back in. No way. And see how you feel. No way. So, so, that, so if the red foods come up, in a year, they might not still be they red They may foods. not still be red foods. That is crazy. So, for example, pineapple for me was on my list. Okay. So, about three months after my test, I was at a dinner party, and I just wasn't going to be that person that said, I can't eat your dessert because it has pineapple on it. I'm not that person. So, I yeah. had like this slice of pineapple, whatever it was. I'm so friendly. I'll get <laughs> sick for dessert. Thank you. Well, I was kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's been a couple months. I'll probably be okay. And what happens, because I, I had cleaned my system out mm. of pineapple, when I ate that pineapple, it was an immediate, it's not okay for you to eat pineapple feeling. I had bloat, gas. Mm. I was immediately like a little red. And I knew exactly it was my body saying, still no pineapple. So it's been over a year now, and I've had some pineapple, and I can eat it fine now. Okay. Yeah. I wanted. To, I don't know if I can ask you if you know a lot about it, but this whole gut biome that gets reset and it gets, I think, from what the little bit that I know, it's almost like the homeostasis has been influenced, mm -hmm. and everything isn't working as it's supposed to. And if you take certain steps, you can almost like reset it so everything's working right, the way so it's supposed to. So you think about brain fog, migraines, 
um, emotional instability in our brains, that's because something is off balance in your body. So your gut is your second brain. I mean, your gut is yeah. all those bacteria, all that's going on. So the closer we keep our gut balanced, I believe. Now, I'm not a doctor. I, I always say I play one on TV, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but what I understand from the doctors that I know and love is that the closer you can stay in balance, that brain fog can go away. Yeah. Those migraines can subside. Again, that's reducing the inflammation. Mm. So, um, and of course, good chiropractic care is yeah. great for your brain. Yeah. It keeps your nervous system flowing great between your, your brain and all of your, all of your body parts. It's just interesting how what, what you're talking about sounds so simple and natural. But, like, if you have to tell that to people, they'll be like, you're crazy. You're telling well, me I'm allergic to pineapple and broccoli. I know. It's yeah. almost like, but the test shows that. But w I know. And I didn't make this up. It was your blood. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's what people tell me all the time when I'm sitting in and there. And it's like, it's only one uh, Burger King a week. It can't be bad for <laughs> you just once a week. One meal out of uh, 21 isn't so bad. Okay, well, maybe it's not so bad, but it's not ideal. Yeah, but it's just, it's just, it's a very strange thing, the direction, because we spoke about it last night. Also, so, what I find. Frustrating. Go ahead. Sorry. No. You don't want okay. to come in. No. Um, I don't know what the, the exact phrase, uh, term is. It's not frustrating, but it's just, I think it's just sad that not only do we need to be so careful with nutrition, so what am I actually going to eat because am I sensitive? And then even if I'm not sensitive, where does this product come from? It is a job. And I'm like, so eating healthy and being healthy, even supplements, it's like, which company are you buying it from? Is it tainted with anything else? Like Lead. Because uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I did... Um, so I've never done creatine or any like, like workout supplements, mm -hmm. but so three, four years ago, my body was suffering from all the exercise that I was doing, but we've now figured out it was the spine and not the exercise. So I didn't know nothing. So I was like, I spoke to some of my friends that work out a lot and they're happy with their bodies. I'm like, so what do you do? They're like, no, we take creatine. I was like, I don't really want to take this. And I was not in touch with Dr. Seth at that time. So I, I did a bit of research. I asked a couple of doctors. They're like, dude, it's fine. But I think that stuff was tainted with something because I got considerably bigger after a month of taking that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, even you're taking this, but there might be some residue of something else in there. I don't know. I totally agree. And it's a, it's an industry that's not regulated mm. in the United States. I don't know about South Africa, but anybody can put something in a bottle here and put on the bottom that this is not from the FDA and they can sell it as a miracle for something. Yeah. And you don't even know what's in there. Mm. So, so where is, let's say you're American, is Whole Foods a good place to do shopping at? I believe Whole Foods is a good place to do their shopping. I'm disappointed in Whole Foods since Amazon took them over. I feel like they're not as um, like-minded as they used to be with some of us. A lot of great products from smaller companies are leaving their shelves so they can streamline it more like an Amazon-like 
store. Okay. Um, even in their supplement department. Their supplement department now is probably a half the size as I remember it being prior to the merger or takeover or mm. whatever it was. Um, is it better than your local grocery for things like supplements? Absolutely. And the organic vegetables and stuff they sell, is it healthier than the standard shop or supermarket? Well, the standard super shops. Yeah. Super shops. <laughs> super shops. Super shops. The standard supermarkets here also sell organic produce. Okay. Some stores have better organic, like just better than others. Mm. Um, you know, I'm the skeptic. So I'm the person that when I do go into the shop, and if the apples are too large and too perfect looking and they're in the organic section with an organic sticker on them, I'm that person that calls the produce manager over and says, this is not possible that this organic apple is the size of a grapefruit. It is yeah. not organic. You have this mislabeled. Mm. And he's like, no, no, it came in that way. They've got to be organic. I'm thinking to myself, nah. But I'm just as, that's a, as me as a consumer. So all we have in the States to go on is that label. So that's, I have to trust it because that's the only thing I have unless I grow it myself yeah. or I know the farmer. It's just crazy that companies get away with it. For, it's almost for me like um, pre-cigarette picture days where you had uh, the warning on the cigarettes. Yeah. It's almost like I feel like there's a responsibility from the company to let you know how healthy is this product. And the fake advertising that goes into yeah. everything. So I don't know if you follow um, uh, Vanny, what's her last name? The Food Babe. You should look her up on okay. Facebook. She's a great whistleblower for um, food companies. And she's not afraid to go at them. So right now, she's got a Facebook post today, actually, about Campbell's Soup. And she has the label of the same soup in the United States compared to the soup they sell in Europe. Mm. Same soup. The Europe ingredients, much more healthier, excluding a lot of crappy ingredients that are all in the United States one. Mm. But the United States doesn't have rules and regulations against it like Europe does. But who should regulate that? The FDA? They should. And if, if Campbell's Soup can make that great soup for Europe, why, can't, it why can't they just give us the same soup? But why does the FDA allow it? I don't know. <laughs> That's the weird thing for me. It's <laughs> like if I there's I a knew. regulator, obviously, in Europe, uh -huh. and that regulator or and those regulations aren't followed here. And Campbell's Soup? fixed it and they still have their product selling over there so it's cheap they're answering to their shareholders right so if they can make the soup here cheaper by using crap and sell it to us and they make more money off of it than they do in europe that's what they're doing it's all about money. But that's crazy, isn't it? It's awful. And I don't know how these people, I don't know how they sleep at night, honestly. I don't know. I do not. It's just such a rude awakening becoming, because I'm a very, I'm a young adult. And it's a rude awakening going into adulthood and seeing how a lot of companies operate. It and is. the world basically operates. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I do like Europe for many things. Like each continent brings its own things, uh, stuff. But Europe is quite cool in a lot of ways. Because we was, <laughs> we're not going to have time for it. But we spoke about the male-female gender in inequality and all of that. And there is an element of civility in Europe. But I think it's because it's an older civilization. Because they've been around for th like thousands of years almost. Like America is quite a young, like few hundred years. Right. Africa, we're like few hundred years. But like uh, Europe, they've lived together as a society for quite a long time. And there's, there's subtleties in the way you interact with people that uh, at face value you might misinterpret it. But I'm like, that's basically what civilized people do. And uh, part of that system is, you know, we can't take advantage of... Or people. Uh, people, yeah. I would say when I moved to Hong Kong and I met people from all over the world that became very dear friends to me, mm. that was the first thing that I really figured out that I really didn't know. I lived in a bubble here. Mm. The world is big and there are, and these people were interesting and loving and they wanted my opinion on things in the U.S. and they wanted to talk about things. They may or may not have agreed with things, yeah. but they were. it was civil. It was kind. It was mm. out of curiosity. It was about, you know, almost a humbleness to it all. Yeah. And Americans, y yeah. Some, and I'm, I love America. So it's I'm not, a great yeah, place. It's a great country. But we, we tend to divide lines and put people in boxes mm. and... The division seems to me in my lifetime to be getting more, to get worse. But is that really happening or is it just because the news wants it in my face 24-7? I mean, when I grew up, we had the nightly news. Walter Cronkite came on. That was it. Black and white. Here's the news yeah. with no opinion to it, right? Mm. Now it's 24-7 opinionated news here. And I think it's driving a lot of anger and separation with our population. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 it, this for me is an interesting topic because I, I, my parents are ill-equipped as parents to a certain degree because the the world they grew up in is completely different from the world I grew up in. So my parents grew up in a world where you had local TV shows they were operating at certain times. I grew up in an era where you started watching American television, British television. You had bands that you listened to from all over the world. We were semi with the internet, so you had anything available at any time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't grow up as a South African. I grew up almost as a world citizen. And I think with the internet and the right. globalization, the world is just a more complicated place because of the mix of cuisine, culture, music, yeah. skin color, uh, ethnicities, religions. Exactly. So it's a lot more complicated. And I think also with that, uh, if you live in a country like France, the uniformity, like everyone speaks French, you know, or mm -hmm. like if you go to Poland, 95% are Catholic. But like we live in a society now where it's such a mix. It's very diverse. And that brings up tension, issues. And, and I mm -hmm. think like... Let's say there's a bunch of rednecks. <laughs> Fifty I, I years ago, <laughs> there weren't there weren't that many Muslims walking around in their town, you know. Right. So with globalization, not only are they walking there, but they can take a picture and complain about it on the internet and irritate another redneck somewhere, and they right. can do. And if that happens, then that can be spread to 
Yemen. <laughs> right. So right. I think it's also, it is a bit more complicated maybe. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think right. that's why Charleston's so nice maybe. It's because it's, it's quite old school. It's quite prim and proper. Right, we are not New York. We are not San Francisco. You we know, are it's weird how I don't see a lot of black people. I keep on saying that the areas that I probably operate in. Right. But it's still weird to say the areas that I operate in. Because then you're saying that what? So the whites are in the rich areas, you know? So yeah. so it's, it's, it's a very weird place where it pretty much everyone I meet in Charleston falls with, within this friendly positive nice how are you doing and i think it makes it easy to live here you know the yeah. crime's low but then as soon as you open to the real world with all these different things i, I just find it fascinating right and we that's are in a little pocket of pleasantville <laughs> <laughs> i don't know is it real like everything that you see like all the pleasantness i don't is it think real? anything's ever as real as you think it is just like you know you don't know what goes on behind closed doors anywhere yeah you I heard that there's a bit of a swingers uh, <laughs> <laughs> thing going on within the Charleston area. There is. I, I don't know Have anything. you heard that? I haven't heard that. <laughs> Someone told me uh, that's quite a popular pastime for certain couples. Okay. Um, Maybe I speak to, to strange people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I met have a to bunch pass of weird. on that one, folks. It's just, uh, but I think it's fantastic. I, the topic that you mentioned, I find that very interesting because I love the era I grew up in. We all grew up with different eras. Mm -hmm. Like my 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 wife's grandmother was part of the Warsaw Uprising in Poland wow. during all of that, and there's been books written about some of the stuff that she's done, and it's like. I never feel like I'm allowed to complain about anything because nothing will ever compare to what they had to do. They had to go through. But right. like one of the challenges I find of my generation, I don't feel like an American, like a Pole, like a Brit, like a South African. And it's very difficult for me to find a place where I want to settle here and have kids because I grew up with all the cultures on television and on my music and That's stuff. That's really very interesting. You know, so it's very hard for me. And then I get to America and I'm like, it's awesome. But I'm like, there's not a snake that can kill me in my backyard uh, in certain areas. I know in this area, there are. <laughs> like I was <laughs> Do born you want about to that. be somewhere where there's snakes? Yeah, I'm a, I think like uh, you should be uh, careful when you leave your house. You shouldn't be threatened, but it should be like... Um, if my kids play in the back garden, they shouldn't just pick up rocks because there might be a big creature biting them. I think that's uh, good to grow up like that in the yeah. sense of it gives you a sense of you're not as powerful as you are. And it gives you an element of humility. Yeah. It's like you have to respect sharks. You have to respect the lion. You have to respect the spiders because they can hurt you, although you're bigger, smarter, more clever. So I think it, it teaches you some humility within the bigger frame of the world. And I like that. It well, you know, there was just a shark bite here last when I was gone on IOP. Yeah. That g woman from Indiana got a good size bite. So we'll just throw you out in the ocean every couple <laughs> of days when you're here. And then you'll have like your taste of danger and then you'll be over it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm still figuring it out. I'm a very young individual. How old are you? I'm 34. That is young. So I'm still figuring out exactly... And then on top of that, I have a wife that wants different stuff than what I do. So we both. She probably doesn't want snakes. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I don't think she wants that either. 
She just wants the beach with the white sand and the rocks. Oh, I would pebbles. like her very much. <laughs> and the odd wine tasting. Oh, I would really so like her. So, how does alcohol feature within this uh, healthy lifestyle? Okay, so um, depending on your food sensitivity test. Yeah, is that on your food sensitivity? I had a slight sensitivity to brewer's yeast. Yes. Okay. So, but is that more beer orientated or is that um, all alcohol has brewer's yeast in it? Some yeah. has some has less. So, um, and I could tell you when I drink a beer, I just feel bloaty and yucky. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but I still occasionally have alcohol daily. No, I'm kidding. And <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Not kidding. No. Um, but like, if you say you like alcohol, right, more like, specifically. So like Prosecco okay. is something that you can have with a brewer's yeast allergy. You can have silver label or higher um, tequila and vodka and gin. Um, obviously not mixing it with a sugary or soda beverage. But, yeah. Um, so... We can work with that, with the food sensitivities, and unless it's an extreme. Like, we had one patient here who um, was a police officer. Yeah. Um, and he was legit allergic to everything in beer. Barley, malt, wheat, brewer's yeast, like, every, anything that you can imagine that's in beer. Thought he was going to cry. Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, because that was like part of his culture. <laughs> like when they would get off their shift, mm. they would all go and drink beer together and yeah. just talk about their day as a cop or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And that was part of his identity. Mm. So that's the most extreme case I've seen of that. Um, and would that change after a period where he would be well, able? Well, I would hope that if we worked on him enough and he really worked at it himself yeah. and got those foods out of his diet, that we could see how that would go. I mean, I can't promise anybody that they can get it back in their diet, but w that would be the yeah. goal. But what about whiskey? Isn't that something that generally... Whiskey has brewer's yeast in it. But so that's better than drinking beer, no? Depends on the whiskey. Okay. You know, there's all sorts of le levels of that as well. Yeah. Where did they get the grain for this whiskey? What was on the grain that made the whiskey? Uh, okay. So ev literally everything, and, and you say it's complicated to stay yeah. healthy. So let's break into Jack Daniels and see how they really do it. <laughs> yeah. So, and a lot of these, <laughs> these companies now are, are, are starting to advertise things like that. Okay. Like that they use, you know, organic farmland or like Budweiser has a new organic Budweiser and they have a gluten-free brand. Yeah. So it's, it's a niche market now. So there's going to, the more money spent unhealthier options means the more options we will have so did that make sense no no definitely yeah. so um i think that's where we're going as as the future goes my son works in private equity and he would tell you that a lot of money is going towards healthier things now sometimes that means they're not really healthy i call it green washing they're making it look healthy. Uh, okay. They're trying to piggy piggyback onto something that might be healthy, mm. but it might not be. Okay. So even with innovation comes 
the bad guy. A lot of bullshit. A bullshit, yeah. So um, I know the camera stopped about 10 minutes ago. So from here on, it's an audio-only podcast. Okay. And I know we're going a bit over time because <laughs> your clients are going to come back in. Um, just on the topic of the alcohol, um, is, is something like marijuana a good alternative for people that are going off this? But I know the, the, the problem with that is also like... Dr. Seth would say yes. Because it's like there's a difference between someone, a bunch of guys drinking beer and this guy's got his allergy. So cool, I'm going to smoke a joint. But then you're on a different wavelength than the people that are drinking. <laughs> you know I wouldn't I mean? know that. But I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> um, I think for a, a body standpoint, I think smoking anything is bad for your lungs. If yeah. you can do your weed in any other way. Like eating it. Yeah, that's a better option for your body. Yeah. Alcohol is bad for your liver, period. I mean, Any it just form of is. Alcohol. It just is. It's I'm Your liver is capable of, of handling it mm. as long as you're capable of not drinking a fifth of whiskey every day. Okay. Right? Yeah. So because I'm asking this because I don't drink, I don't do marijuana, nothing. Yeah. Uh, and it's been a very long time. So even just uh, I spoke about taking all these uh, supplements that Dr. Katali gave me, like the ashwagandha, the mm -hmm. vitamin D. It's strange for me to take a pill. I don't do that. So even but just... But that's good. No, because it's, it's most good. people want a pill to, yeah. to get rid of whatever they have. That's the problem. That's why we wear shirts in the office that say think differently. Mm. Because we don't want everybody to just well it's wrong just to cover up a symptom with a pill because what's going on is still going on mm. and it's going to get worse if you don't figure out how to stop it yeah so so two last questions if your family didn't do this lifestyle change with you do you think you would have gotten healthy uh and second if someone doesn't feel too great about themselves what would your recommendation be on the process to feel better and get there mm. Those are two big questions. Okay, the first one was, if my family wouldn't have done it, do I think I still would have yeah, gone down the path? It's like, I'm going to go home, and I've changed my outlook on a lot, a lot of things. things, and my wife's going to still be like, well, I want to go to pizza this weekend. You right. know? Or she doesn't understand that my ketosis will only hit at day number oh. X, and what times I eat of the day, like having the breaks and all of that. Yeah. So you can come in. Um, okay. Um, I'm very fortunate that my husband would do whatever I tell him to do. <laughs> Honestly, I am. And I know that I am. I have people in my immediate family that think I'm a nut. Yeah. They're absolutely crazy. I'm doing crazy things, taking crazy herbs. I work for a crazy doctor. And so we just choose not to even talk about those issues. Right. Mm. I mean, they have issues that I know I can help them with mm. and they know what I do for a living, but just choose to live the lifestyle that they want to. Mm. And at some point you have to realize it. Everyone has a choice about their own body, my mm. body, my choice. And if and if she wants to go to Pizza Hut, you can go with her, but you order something different. That's the hard part, but you can do it because mm. you're still making the choice for yourself. Um, we see it in here every day. You cannot force somebody to make a change. The why has to be big enough. Mm. Why do you want to change? Why do you want to be healthy? Do you want to get, be on the floor and play with your kids? Do you want to be here when they get married? Do you want to see your grand? I mean, it's got to be enough. And for some people, it takes a heart attack or something. Like, 
You can tell them all day long, and they just are like, meh. But then something big may happen, and then they'll change. Mm. But it's just very individual. I think I would have still gone down this path slower mm. if I hadn't changed so abruptly in abroad. Um, because I think, well, I don't know. I can't predict that. Yeah. But I would ha- would hope that I would have changed anyway. Yeah. And I know we're going to have a and bunch people, of people come no, in. No, we're fine. If people are not feeling good about themselves, the first thing is community. I don't believe in isolation in any form. And you can feel isolated even in a marriage or even in your own home. You need to have people around you that are honest can you can talk to them. And when they ask, when you're with your friends and they say, how are you? You don't just say, oh, I'm good. That's bullshit. Mm. I want people around me that when the days that I am not good, I can say, I'm struggling. And this is why I'm struggling. Because I think when things bubble up to the surface, you've got to let them out. Because if you don't let them out, that's another, that's stress. Mm-hmm. can cause just as much inflammation as that Burger King cheeseburger. Yeah. And I think your community is so healthy for that. Um, that would be my first thing. Um, there's all levels of not feeling good about themselves. Obviously, if it's a depression situation, it can be chemical. Um, I have a son, a stepson, who did a lot of drugs when he was young. Mm. Um, and his doctors and psychiatrists will tell tell him that his serotonin is so screwed up from those years of drugs Mm. it will never be okay yeah in his case it's a chemical problem so he does have to take medication for Mm. that Mm. somebody else may not be that but again it's back to community and figuring it all out so don't sweep it under the rug that would be my cool Cool, I like it. Well, I did. I do have another podcast uh, with a South African uh, addiction counselor, but it was basically about um, if you think you have problems, specifically regarding codependency, um, you know, drinking, drugging, food addictions, all of that. What are the all the alternative routes that you can take? Because not all of it is Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Not all of it is psychology, not, but you know, some of it is just community. Right. Maybe get a better partner or spouse or <laughs> stop Friends, seeing your different, family. Different. I mean, if you go to the gym and it's family. not making you feel good at that gym, go to a different gym. But um, <laughs> which will be your first, like, who do you turn to if you like, fuck, maybe my eating isn't that good? Who do I turn to? I turn to Dr. Katali. So just come to Charleston to Posture and Spine, <laughs> That's basically. Right. I do Posture and Spine. Send Posture and Spine an email, and we'll take it from there. Uh, absolutely. We can, <laughs> zoom, we can Zoom call anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen, I think we're going to wrap it up because you're going to have your afternoon clients. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I can talk for another hour. but <laughs> <laughs> You're a talker. i I got to get back into my two hours of traction. <laughs> I'll be in there with you this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Bye.